Perfect. How is it going, Bears fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Bear Down Podcast, where we talk everything Bears every day of the week. Today, the week one coverage continues to roll on as we bring you our first installment of the season of our series of three key matchups. For those of you who don't know how this works, basically we just pick three positional matchups or factors in the Bears' upcoming game that are going to be important that the Bears take advantage of if they want to come away with a win. Thank you guys so much for the support on the channel, though, recently. YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you guys have been going crazy. Uh, We were really inconsistent with posting podcasts throughout the entire summer, so to even have some sort of a fan base that is still listening in, uh, continuing to support us means the world to us. We've got more week one content coming throughout the week. Do us a favor if you haven't already done so. Drop a like, subscribe, follow, share the podcast, leave a five-star rating. Uh, This is our third of six podcasts this week. We're going to bring you guys at least five podcasts a week. That is our goal for this regular season. The most comprehensive Bears coverage on the web, so be sure to keep tuning in. Feels good to be back, though. I am your host, Chris Malpe, joined on my right side by my co-host, Parth Shaw. Parth, feels good to be back getting into the swing of week one things after the season predictions video yesterday. Also, we're in the middle of the week. It is now Wednesday, one day closer to football. Season kicks off tomorrow. How are you feeling, my man? Feeling great. And like you said, season kicks off tomorrow, so super excited for that. You know, get your fantasy lineups loaded and ready to go. Um, you know, it should be a fun season. And just it's a good, it's a great Wednesday. You know, it's been beautiful weather here in uh, Bloomington, so just been soaking it all in. Yeah, uh, definitely good up in Greencastle as well at uh, the small DePauw University with a W. But uh, as much as being in Indiana is nice and the weather's starting to cool down, I do wish I was in Chicago this weekend. Uh, I'm sure the energy at Soldier Field and everywhere is going to be absolutely electric this weekend. Trey Lance making his third career start, realistically his debut start. Justin Fields kicking off year two. Should be a good game when the 49ers come to town on Sunday. So let's just dive right into this. Three key matchups. It's been a minute since we've done this, so apologize. I apologize if we are a little rusty. But we're going to start with Debo Samuel versus the Bears secondary, uh, and more generally speaking, just containing Debo Samuel in general. Uh, In my opinion, Debo is a top five wide receiver in this league. If not, I think anyone would argue that he's just outside that upper echelon of very good receivers in this NFL. He had a great season last year overall, uh, really came onto the scene. There's a little bit of ambiguity when you take a look at this 49ers wide receiver room because you never know what you're going to get when it comes to guys like Brandon Ayuk, like Juwan Jennings, George Kittle isn't always healthy. But Debo had a great 2021 campaign, 77 receptions, 1,405 yards, six touchdowns through the air. Uh, He also was a beast on the ground, which is why I say in general, you just have to try and compromise his game as much as possible. If you take a look at his 2021 game against the Bears, he came in obviously with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback, but he had six receptions for 171 yards, almost broke a very long one for a touchdown. I believe got pushed out at like the one or two yard line, but it's also interesting to bring up Debo as a player 
who it can be efficient on the ground as well. I actually don't have his rushing stats in front of me. I know he had multiple touchdowns. The 49ers use him all over the field. Uh, they can throw him at running back. They can throw him in the slot. They can throw him on the outside. He can beat you deep. He can be a jump ball receiver. So the Bears' defense is going to have a lot on their hands, especially with the young secondary that they've accumulated this offseason. It seems like the starters at cornerback are probably going to be Kyler Gordon alongside Jalen Johnson. I have no clue who's in the slot, if I'm being completely honest. Eddie Jackson and Jaquan Brisker at the safety position with Dean Crookshank and DeAndre Houston Carson coming out there with the second team. So uh, containing Debo by any means possible is going to be a huge factor in this game. He is someone who can rack up yards. I talked about it in our Meet the Opponents episode a couple of days ago. He is a player alongside the entirety of the 49ers offense, but especially Debo Samuel. If he gets rolling, he will step on your throat. He is relentless, and he can single-handedly win the 49ers a game if someone like a Trey Lance is struggling, if someone like a George Kittle goes down. So containing him, whether they put him in the backfield, on the outside, is going to be very important. Another very tough test for Jalen Johnson, someone who all Chicago fans know is a good cornerback, but another tough test for cornerback one, Jalen Johnson. And if they can slow down Debo, I really like the Bears' defense's chances of forcing three and outs uh, against this 49ers team. I think Trey Lance will look Debo's way a lot, and maybe uh, they could keep it at a low-scoring affair. I doubt it happens. However, uh, if you can slow down Samuel by any means, uh, you are in for at least much more of a competitive matchup. So, Parth, before we pass it on over to you with your first matchup slash factor of this week one game, talk to me a little bit about how important you think it is that the Bears slow down Debo Samuel in this week one affair. It's very important. Like you said, he's a game changer. Um, he's one of the best receivers in the league, and he can do it from the backfield as well. Um, and he's very explosive in the backfield, and that's something the Bears are going to have to watch out for early on in the game if the 49ers try to use some trickery. Um, and also, as a pass catcher, you know, him and Trey Lance, this is going to be the first time that they're going to be um, starting together, I guess. I mean, Trey Lance has started two games, but, you know, you could say this is the first actual start of Trey Lance's career where it actually means a lot to him. And um, it's going to be interesting to see where uh, how Debo, Debo Samuel and Trey Lance's chemistry grows as the season goes on. But for week one, the Bears are going to definitely have to cover him, um, have to know where he's on the field. That's that's one player you circle coming into the matchup. You know, there are some guys every week that you just circle, and that is Debo Samuel. I think I would argue that he, you know, they have George Kittle. Elijah Mitchell also is a running back who I think is slept on that they have out of their backfield. When he is playing well, Ayuk is also another dangerous target. But I think, and I'll ask you this question, I think you'll agree with me, uh, I think Debo by far is the most dangerous weapon that they have, more dangerous than Lance, whether he's using his legs or throwing the ball, more dangerous than Kittle and anyone else they have. Do you think you'd agree with that? Definitely. I think Debo was one of the most explosive players in the league last year, offensively-wise. Yeah, uh, it's going to be tough to slow him down. Uh, I believe he didn't have any rushing yards against the Bears last season. However, uh, he's someone who they efficiently used on the ground, Mm -hmm. especially as the season continued to roll on. Uh, I know the two teams, I believe, last year. I'm not sure when they faced off. Uh, I believe it was Halloween, actually. Uh, So Debo Samuel someone they'll probably try and use on the ground this year, and the Bears are going to have to try and contain him. And as Parse said, uh, put an X on his name, put a circle around it, whatever you want to do, slow him down by any means possible. 
Parth, before you go into your first matchup, I do want to share a stat real quick. Taking a look at the Bears' rushing attack last year against the 49ers in the 33-22 loss, uh, they did have a pretty good game on the ground. 4.9 yards per carry, 176 yards, and a rushing touchdown. However, Justin Fields did account for 10.3 yards per carry on his 10 rushes for 103 yards and a score. Taking a look at the rest of the Bears' offense, Khalil Herbert came into this game as a starting running back, 23 rushes for 72 yards, 3.1 yards per carry with a long rush of 22 yards. Parth, as you know, we will get into Justin Fields a little bit later in this episode. David Montgomery is going to face the 49ers this year. I believe the Bears are also planning on using Khalil Herbert as well, as well as Tristan Ebner. So talk to me a little bit about this second matchup and why it's so important that the Bears continue to establish a running game in this game. Yeah, I mean, that's something you would always want to do with uh, a young quarterback is make sure that your run game is strong. And it all starts with David Montgomery, who's going to have to have it a pretty strong fourth year. Um, you know, last year, I'd say, was a down year for Montgomery. Um, at the end of the year, he averaged 3.8 yard, 3 yards per carry with seven touchdowns in the year and 849 yards on 225 attempts. I think we can see a lot more things out of Monty than that. You know, I'd expect a lot more out of him. Last year, he did have a pretty – horrible offensive line, you know, uh, surrounding him and the Bears offense itself just wasn't able to establish the run game nor the pass game at times too. So um, they got to establish the run game against this 49ers defense. They got a lot of good guys on that front seven, you know, Nick Bosa, Kinlaw, um, just to name a few. Uh, and then if, if you don't, if you're not able to establish the run game, the pressure is going to get to Justin Fields early, which is something that the Bears don't want to see, especially week one. Um, and you got you to use Montgomery. Um, that's one of the best players we have on this Bears offense. Um, and you, if you can't get the best player of the ball at least 20 to 25 times a game, um, the Bears will be in trouble. Yeah, I don't think going into 2022, Montgomery should essentially be the bell cow back. I actually no. really like the depth the Bears have in that running back room with Ebner, with Khalil Herbert. Uh, you forgot to mention it. I You talked awesome. about it before we yeah. started recording, but it's going to be important as well that they get Kari game out there on heavy sets to be able to block. I mean, you've got Nick Bosa against Braxton Jones in his first regular season start. You've got Eric Armstead. You've got Javon Kinlaw. You've got one of the best track down linebackers in the league and Fred Warner coming at you. So it's going to be tough for the Bears to establish the run in this game. However, if they can do it, especially with Montgomery, who had his best yards per carry in 2020 with 4.3, uh, that would be something that I think would very much so help the Bears not only get into a groove offensively, but make Justin Fields feel more comfortable. There won't be as dire of a need to air the ball out. Uh, and you can also start running a lot of play action. and try Exactly. That was, that's exactly, that's exactly where I, what I was about to get into. The play action game, that's something that, you know, um, our new offensive co coordinator, Luke Getzey, loves to do. And uh, to do that, you got to establish the run game and make sure that the defense at least falls for the run. And um, if they want to get a big play out of it, then they definitely can if the run game uh, is producing well. Absolutely. And it seems like in years past, both with Mitchell Trubisky and last year with Justin Fields, you know, the Bears tried to implement uh, the play-action pass uh, in the quarterback option game every so often, but their run game seemed to be so porous in a lot of instances where defenses weren't falling for it. So if you can get David Montgomery past the line of scrimmage, let him do what he does best, shed tackles, continue to fight through contact, and pick up some solid gains, I really think it could help not only potentially choose some of the clock and not give the 49ers the ball back, 
but also pick up good yards, open up the passing game for Justin Fields, who doesn't have the best targets as is. Let's get into Fields before we close this episode off. Obviously, you knew this was coming, and we touched on it a little bit earlier, uh, and we've touched on it all week. Luke Getzey, the offensive coordinator for the Bears, it is going to be very important with our third matchup slash factor that he gets Fields comfortable early, lets him do his thing. You would assume the Bears are probably going to try and script the first drive or two for their second-year quarterback. Make sure he gets outside of the pocket. Let him use his legs. Let him extend plays. Let him run the ball. Uh, it does seem like he has tangibly improved throughout the offseason when it comes to throwing the ball away, when pressure's in his face, when sliding earlier and not taking hits, uh, when not fumbling and just going down uh, in certain instances. So let him do his thing. Let him get comfortable. Uh, I said it on Monday. I think the Bears actually last year had a pretty good script against the 49ers when it came to how they used fields. They used him very efficiently when it came to the run game, the quarterback option. Uh, obviously, I mentioned earlier, 10 rushes for 103 yards, 10.3 yards per rush. And to score, Justin Fields, arguably his best game, came against the 49ers in 2021, his rookie year. I think you want to try and emulate that script this year especially with a little worse of a wide receiver room. Get the play action rolling early. Let Justin start in shotgun so he can at least get through a couple of reads before releasing the ball. We've seen him improve on that all offseason. Uh, and then finally, just let him do his thing. Get the ball out of his hands quickly. You don't have to essentially air it out early. Get your second-year quarterback comfortable. And I think, and I believe in Justin Fields, uh, I really think the Bears could be in for some decent offensive production against a very solid defensive unit in this game. Parth, before we close this one off, uh, I just want to shoot it back to you to see if you have any comment on this. Uh, it seems like Justin Fields has showed some improvement, uh, at least through the offseason. We saw him have a great third preseason game against the Browns. A lot of the national media and even us are still looking for tangible signs of improvement throughout the preseason or throughout the regular season, excuse me, before we finally declare him our franchise quarterback. We are hopeful that he can start off the season well. What needs to happen with him in this week one game for him to get off on a good start? Like you said, um, the, the main thing is he needs to get comfortable early and feed off of the, his own energy. Um, I think that's when Justin's at his best, when he's just you know using the momentum on his side and just reading defenses as fast as he can and making his instinct plays. Um, that's for one thing. The Bears can never do is let Justin's instinct abilities take that away from him. You can't do that. And um, that's one thing he's going to rely on, obviously, against this defense who can get to the quarterback really easily. Um, but the Bears definitely need to just call some early screens, um, short passes, just get, 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 make him feel the game, let the game come to him. And uh, I don't see why he cannot succeed. Um, I have a lot of faith in Justin Fields. Uh, and if he can play really well against this stout 49ers defense, um, it will be some great things that to, you know, come in the future, I guess you could say. Yeah. And I think we, you know, we've touched on this all week. Uh, and before we close this out, we'll talk about it a bit, you know, regardless of how this season goes, maybe we were a little over ambitious last year or yesterday, yesterday. Uh, in our season predictions video. But <clears throat> if the bears can get out of a lot of these games, win or lose and the issue in the game, the reason the bears lost the reason uh, the other team came back and won with no time remaining isn't on fields of shoulders. If the bears can lose games, but they aren't Justin's fault. Parth, I think you can agree with me. I think I would be very happy in that instance, just to see improvement out of him in good, consistent football. 
Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, the Bears have a lot of cap space going into next year. And if quarterback is the least of our concern and we can spend our money anywhere else, then the Bears can set them up for some great success next year. And I think that's what Ryan Pulse is banking on. He's banking on the fact that Fields will turn out to be that franchise quarterback. And then the Bears can go spend some money elsewhere, like wide receiver and other valuable defensive positions. Yeah, but hope Justin uses his legs on Sunday for sure. Last year he was sacked four times when they went up against the 49ers. And taking a look at his entire season last season, uh, four sacks isn't that bad. You would still like that number to decline. So get Justin Fields comfortable, uh, let him get a groove, and let him do his thing. Uh, I really believe he can take the game over not only with his legs, but with his arm and his deep throwing accuracy. Should be in for a good one on Sunday. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of Three Key Matchups, our second of five videos of coverage this week. Let me get the five on the camera for those watching on YouTube. It's a little bit of a small space I'm in, but five podcasts coming this week covering the week one game. We still have to answer some of your guys' questions on Friday. Pre-game and post-game shows coming over the weekend. Feels so good to do this consistently again. If you haven't done so already, do us a favor, drop a like, subscribe, follow, share the podcast, leave a five-star rating wherever you are listening. The support is greatly appreciated, and we're going to keep bringing you guys the most comprehensive Bears coverage on the web throughout the entirety of the regular season. If you want more content from us, you can head to our website, beardown.com. If you would like to find the podcast on social media, you can find it on both Instagram and Twitter at Bear Down. It's a great way to see some sneak peeks of guests we're having on the show and also some additional content that we only post on there. And finally, you can find the links down in the description for our personal social media pages, myself, as well as Parth and our entire team. It's the best way to interact with us, and you can see our thoughts on all things Bears, the entirety of the National Football League, as well as all of Chicago sports. Parshaw, we keep inching closer to Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern time, 12 p.m. Central time. Soldier Field is going to be electric. Any last words before we sign off here? Um, Go Bears. Can't wait. Um, get Sunday can't come sooner, you know. For sure. Absolutely. And uh, I think something I'll say before I sign off is a, a tweet I saw from our good friend of the show, Aaron Lemming, uh, earlier this morning. He was talking about how excited he is uh, to see a lot of young Bears play. You know, the team might struggle this year. Uh, I think that's definitely in the cards. There's going to mm-hmm. be highs, there's going to be lows, but it's going to be good to see some of these young pieces, these rookies that made an impact, these young signings that Ryan Poles brought in, be able to make an impact early because. Uh, taking a look at some of the tape last year when re-watching the games, uh, it's crazy how many snaps, in my opinion, and in Aaron's too, he said in the tweet, uh, were wasted on minimum veterans who, who were on one-year deals. So it'll be nice to get some of these young players uh, some good playing time, start the development, uh, and hope things point up as we reach the end of the season with a lot of these guys because there is definitely a lot of talent on this team and a lot of development to be done guys thank you so much again for tuning in it's been a pleasure to be your host once again my name is chris malpe the coverage continues all week we'll be back on friday answering some of your guys's questions before bears 49ers pregame show on saturday with a really special guest that is going to be live streamed and then a postgame show wrapping up the game giving our analysis and initial thoughts after the bears play the 49ers on sunday feels so good to be getting back into the groove of things Bears fans, thank you so much once again for tuning in. And as always, do us a favor and stay safe and bear down. We'll see you in the next one. Peace out.